Good evening. Welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have Ted on from Death Angel. How you doing? Hey, man. How you doing? <laughs> I think doing we're doing good. well. How, how are you yeah. doing this, this the apocalypse? <sighs> well, there's light at the end of the tunnel, it seems like, you know, just uh, just from hearing that people are booking tours, tours are being uh, confirmed, festivals are being confirmed in the U.S. And, you know, since I'm out in California, from what we heard, from what I heard, you know, it seems like everything's going to open up June 15th. So that's pretty exciting. So we'll see what happens. But it's been a it's been a long apocalypse year. <laughs> Let's say that. Has the band talked about getting ready at some point to go out and tour? Or you guys got plans that you want to make updates? Or how did it happen to you guys? Do you get cut on your tour? Um, the last tour we did was in Europe last year, 2020. It was February into right. March. And uh, that was the last tour. We like to call it the the tour that ended all tours. <laughs> it was five weeks. Unfortunately, and fortunately, uh, two of the shows got canceled, which is, you know, it sucks to cancel. But, you know, at least the whole tour didn't get canceled. And uh, we came home in March, March 12th, we came home. And hmm. that's when we, you know, of course, the lockdown happened and all the uh, touring activities for the year was just postpone so we've just been sitting duck but we've done some stuff the band we released uh an ep called under pressure as you know robin mark did a, a cover of queens under pressure and we redid a few songs and one original faded remains uh we did a a live stream christmas show last december and uh we're about ready to do another one another show this saturday may 29th and just you know, writing music, just taking our time writing music. But as far as touring for this year, no plans as of yet. Only because some bands having it cut short were like, all right, I've got a bunch of makeup dates coming up now, or I've got, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The machines are starting to fire up for everybody. So, yeah. No. As of right now, I mean, we were supposed to go to Europe this summer because it got pushed to this summer, but it got pushed again to 2022. So, we'll see what happens. I hear you. So actually, so you've had your own, you've your own live stream, uh, podcasty, youtube thing. Talk yes. about that for a minute. It's called the Live and Streaming. Um, it's, it actually started when, you know, the height of the pan, well, the beginning of the pandemic, I believe April or May, either sometime April or May. And I just kind of did it for, you know, it's something to do. I mean, you're locked down at home. You know, you could only play guitar for so much. I mean, some people <laughs> love to play eight hours a day. I like to do a couple. And I wanted to stay connected with the fans and I wanted to just basically have a conversation with, you know, some of the bands that I like and know, which I consider peers. But at the end of the day, I've been fans of them. You know, I, I've had the Testament guys. I had Andreas from Sepultura. I had my bandmates. I had Obituary, you know, I had quite a few people. I had Sam Dunn from Banger Films. You know, I wanted to pick his brain since he did the Iron Maiden <laughs> you know, documentary okay, yeah. rush and all that. I wanted to pick his brain on all that stuff. So I just basically having fun, you know, something because I've been into podcasts lately, especially uh, Joe Rogan's. I really love Joe Rogan's podcast. And I kind of want to, instead of like trying to approach it where, you know, get nostalgia in a way, like how did the, when did you guys start the band, yada, yada. Right. I, you know, there's other people that do that and they do it well. And I kind of wanted to approach it differently, maybe ask more fanboy questions and some some questions most journalists don't. I'm saying to anybody who's, who hasn't doesn't know the whole backstory on Death Angel and the change-ups, see the documentary, Thresh, Mentory, what do you guys call it? It's 
that your documentary Thrashumentary. Thrashumentary. Yeah, it's excellent. It, it, it brings everything up to date. Oh, thanks. And the band does not have to repeat the same story a billion boring times. It's just literally a, a you, great you story. I mean? I mean, look. It's succinct. Thank you. Thank That's you. It. Yeah. I mean, I like to, um, we put out that thrash menu one for the history of the band. And two, you know, I mean, we've done a lot of press for albums, latest albums, and they still ask about the history. It's just like, you know, can we move on? <laughs> I mean, go to the website, watch the documentary, you know, you know, it's, it's a great history. Just check it out. Then, you know, we like mm -hmm. to stay current together. It's a really good job. Thank you. It was actually a, a, a friend of ours, Tommy Jones, who put that together. He traveled around the world with us. And at first we were like, man, it's a long documentary, but if we're going to do one, we might as well, we, we don't want to do another one. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and I'm going to tell you, I thought the same thing. I'm like, wow, it's long. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. You know, it's like a Joe Rogan podcast. It can go three hours. Exactly. Or it can go an hour and a half. And you'll still have 14,000 people watch it. So clearly people will watch if the content's there and it's enjoyable yeah. or they can break it up. You know what I mean? There's no rules now. There's no rules. No, not at all. I mean, I, I, if, if the, like you said, if the content's really good, it, it, it all depends on who watches it. If it could be long, if you're not into heavy metal or that genre, but I think if we we did it tastefully, where you know people who don't listen mm -hmm. to heavy metal could kind of relate and check it out. The pace was cut well between like the concert footage, the personal footage, a little history, you know, there's some personal backstory to it a little bit. It's, it's nice the way it's done like that. It's so uh, I'm glad it was out there. I, I enjoyed watching it again, second time. Watched it. I rewatched it <laughs> before I spoke with you. A little, a little refresher. I haven't, I haven't watched it since it was released. <laughs> well, it's got to be weird to see yourself. It's, I, I always think it's weird when you see yourself. It is for me. In retrospect. It I is. I think it's for most people. Well, especially when you put a lot of work into it. You, you're helping with the edits and you're seeing revisions and revisions and all that time. When it's finally done, you're like, I'm done. It's up for everyone to watch it now. It's, I get it. You also have a guitar line. You've had it for a couple of years. And it's changed. Your guitars have changed a little bit over the years too. That some of the designs have changed up a little bit. Um, yeah, with ESP, my first signature yeah. guitar was, was their uh, Eclipse model. And it's, it's all white. I have a thing for mm -hmm. all white. You know, it just, it looks sexy and metal and not metal at the same time. So yeah. the first one was an Eclipse model. And the second one we did was a Telecaster shape with a reverse yeah. headstock, all white again. You know, again, I, I like all white, like, and I have Mesa Boogie, white heads, white cabinets. So we have, it's, you know, it's very non-metal, but it, it stands out and I like <laughs> it. It's like clean, you know, that's just my thing. I like actually the no, I like white too. I like the um, the newest model you have because it does have a tele, but it has the plate on it. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That actually makes the, all the difference in the world to me. So your newest yes. model is probably the best one for me. The other ones are cool looking, but that plate just I'm like, all right, I love, like that. I could do. That I like. Yeah, I like it. It's uh, you know, at first I wanted you know everyone's always doing all black. Everyone's doing uh, crazy colors, blood splattered. Nothing wrong with that. If they like it, they like it. But you know, there's very very few people especially in the metal world that does all white, you know, Matt Hafey has an all white Epiphone, of course, Buckethead, um, uh, Joe, yeah. Joe from Gojira, I believe yep. that is all white. So, and I do all white. So why not? <laughs>
it's nice looking. It's, it's, it's nice. What, what are the what are the, the specs on that guitar? Uh, mahogany body, um, 80, uh, EMG eighty one on the bridge and sixty on the neck, and that's pretty much it. Simple, you know. I, I totally forgot what the neck is. You know, what kind of wood, but it's based off my actual ESP Japan shop custom that I, I had and uh, mm-hmm. they liked it so much. They thought it was cool. They, I sent that back to get it repaired at ESP and they shipped it back. And all of a sudden they called me and go, Hey, we have your prototype. I go, what prototype are you talking about? Oh, we forgot to tell you. We, we love that custom guitar, that eclipse that we built for you. We thought it'd be a good signature line. I go, okay, nice. Thanks. <laughs> Mesa Boogie Mark V, I've always been a fan of Mesa Boogie in the early days. You know, I mean, Metallica uses them. That's my band right there. I mean, they're yeah. they're the kings of crunch. But back in the 80s, Mesa Boogie was so expensive, especially for a young cat like me, that a lot of people who couldn't afford it and was playing in metal bands, they would... Fortunately, the JCM 800s were easy to purchase, use. So there was a guy here in the Bay Area who would mod your 800 to get that Bay Area crunch. So people would do it. They get a, an 800 for like 300 bucks and get it modded for 100. So you got 400 bucks of a JCM 800 modded with an extra gain stage. And it sounded so good. That was the alternative to a Mesa Boogie. As soon as I you know, got older and was able to afford a Mesa Boogie, my first one was a Mark IV bought it in 94 1994 and i've always been a fan of the boogies the mark series especially they just sound so so open and round and has a good uh crunch to it and back then i used to always uh drop all my mids so a bit nope no mids whatsoever but now i I like like playing with mids and i play a mark five now because of the mark two c plus mode those are hard to come by, the original Mark II C+. And I always wanted one, hard to find or they're too expensive. And Mark V made, I mean, Mesa Boogie made a Mark V with a C plus mode, swooped it up, swooped up four of them. <laughs> Actually, let's go back. Just a little change. Did you have to change any, anything to fit in with the band's sound? Did you have to make any adjustments yourself? Or did you get to keep your sound and make it part of the band? Well... I used to, like I said, I used to scoop all my mids and Rob is a very mid heavy guy. So I kind of like had to adjust a little bit just to complement his tone. He's the more dominant tone. Yeah. So, you know, I had to, we figured, I had to figure it out and to close to a point where, you know, it was a happy medium. We, you know, we uh, came in the middle. So it's got a compliment. You can't just go, this is my sound, you know, hell with you. It's got to work together yeah. since his, his is the dominant sound. You know, it's more, I, I kind of put more mids and less gain and I just use my hand as the attack. Okay. Well, yeah, it's, it's always, it's always a good question. Like especially with two guitars and then like, someone comes in that's newer to the band at the time or less established. Um, it's like when the guys come in, they take a, like a, a position in Judas Priest. You know what I mean, you get KK sounds, you get, because there's songs that are established and they're in that range and they're, they're built a certain way. Yeah. You know, it's not making you a different person. It's just there's still certain songs that have certain sounds. and Yeah, you got to adjust to the, the sound of the band. That's what the band yeah. sounds like. You adjust, but, you know, but add your own little flavor. You could adjust like, I like this. You know, I need more of this to match that. And you just got to go with it. 
you know, it's a team thing, team effort thing. As you get older and you're playing and your riffs are very technical and they've continued to progress to get technical, the music, is it getting more challenging as you get older? More challenging. Yes, I think so. It, it, it's funny how the older, you know, especially since Rob writes all the, the music, the older he's getting, the better he's getting, but it's getting a lot harder to play. <laughs> like was it the last uh, interview, one of the last interviews I did for the latest record, I was like, yeah, Rob writes songs that are hard to play standing up. Because <laughs> it is, you know, getting more technical. Like, it's funny, like I listen to the latest record and when you listen to like the record that we came back when the band reformed, the uh, evolution is intense and I think it's mm -hmm. great. I mean, Rob just excels. His playing has just gotten way better and solos and the riffs. It's just like, dude, that's that's some hard riffs to play, but it's a good, it's good. You, you challenge yourself, you know, I think, you don't want see, but as you get older, your, your body changes or on stage until you're standing and then you're sweating and you're trying to hold your guitar. You're, I noticed like a lot of drummers have the same problem as they get older. Can't, you know, you know, it gets harder for them challenging as they get older. I mean, Metallica's still doing it. So they, uh, they set the bar for everybody. Right. How, how can you be like, Oh, you know, you know, love them or, you know, love them or hate them. They won. <laughs> I, they I won. love them. I, you know, I do too. I, I, you know, hold them you know i give them props for doing the other stuff i, I actually have a soft spot for state anger not for not for lulu it's just not my thing but i respect them for trying to be creative as an artist because you're an artist and you want to do something different yeah i agree with you right there james is down picking is crazy you know kurt is still you know shredding away you know they're, they're doing awesome but then it leaves for a lot of the bands other bands like you guys to keep following up keep going because you know and it's it's an, it's a it's an intense music, you know, hardcore or thrash or I, I don't know what people are calling it nowadays. I, I just there's so many genres of metal. It's hard to keep up. I just call it metal. Yeah. Are you writing anything on yourself? Do you write any own music like for you or anything on the side? Actually, I have a, I have a ton of ideas. I just have to put them together. It's just one of those. I have an idea, record it, have an idea, record it. But, you know, I got to set aside some time just to go through everything and try to put something together whether it be for Death Angel or something else, I don't know. I have to wait till I put it all together to figure it out. I, I was wondering, like, some bands coming off, you know, like, at first it's hard, and then they're like, I kind of like this. When they go, and then they're like, but I got to go back on the road. You know, how's it going to change for some people? Like, how many bands are going to be on the road as much? How many members are going to stay with bands? I'm wondering what's going to happen. You know, that's that's a that's a good that's a good one we don't know we won't know until we go out there i mean i know some bands you know are skeptical some fans are skeptical going out to shows and some are not we, we're just gonna have to see how that first tour does and see where it goes yeah. you know that's all we can do you know well i don't even mean just this this touring i'm just mean members saying in a band being like you know what I, I really like being at home and then being on the road for two months they're like you know what <laughs> That's what I mean. I mean, is, is they, you've, you've done the same thing for your whole life. You know, this, you get up, you do this, you, you do record, you do a cycle, but you're always gunning towards the tour, you know, but if there's no tour and you go a whole year without it else, and you're like, you find a whole new life. You, you get, you get a whole new thing that you didn't have before and, and, and relationships change. That's true. Or you could look at it this way where you could kind of blend the two worlds together. Like you've been at home for a while to say, Hey man, if we're going to tour, let's tour let's do a, one real good tour and come home, write music. We don't have to be out on the road all that time. Cause now, you know, it was to the point where bands are putting out albums three years because they, the only way to make money is to tour. So hopefully, you know, with people, you know, 
during this whole pandemic, people with their Patreons, their Twitches, or they found other ways to make money where you know yeah. they could balance both. Let's do one good tour, come home, do my online thing, you know, go back out on the road and let's write a record. You know, you just, I guess you got to find a way to try to make both worlds. Yeah, where you're kind of lucky on some level where the age group is, is wide, you know, you older, older to younger. So you have a bigger, deeper, deeper pocket of audience that, you know, you could feel the situation out too. And you don't yeah. want to oversaturate yourself either. Cause sometimes yeah. I know a lot of bands play out so much. People are like, I'll see them next time. They'll be here in four months. Yeah. And then yeah. the band's uh, playing out to nobody and, and you're living on the road for, for a reason. Well, another thing too, is like uh, in this time of, you know, the landscape of music nowadays, you know, back in the eighties, the only place you could tour is either North America or Europe, not even Eastern Europe at that. But now the whole world is open with the internet, with your music being reached across the world. I mean, you could go to Asia, Southeast Asia, Australia, South America, Africa, you know, India, you know, you could go to all these places. So you just keep going back then. It was just like, put an album out toward the U S and Europe, come home, write another record, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was hard and you were a slave to the record label and own money. And now you can put your own stuff. You can promote yourself. Yeah. You know, a lot of bands are just not even doing that. That Now they're just doing their own media because they don't need it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You still kind of do need a label because labels still have the ends with radio or, you know, this because they have that long relationships with radios and, you know, Europe, uh, physical copies are still big. You know, people still mm -hmm. use physical copies, Japan too. So it's trying to find the right partnership with a record label, you know, that would work. Yeah, Japan is still pushing for the extra two songs. <laughs> they still and they still have Tower Records. Do they? And the thing is, I'm like, you know, we can just once it goes up on one site, those two extra songs are going to be everywhere anyhow. It's not like <laughs> like it's a special thing anymore. It's not like we go because you're not going to find an import store around here lately, you know, in no, America. No. So you're not going to get the bonus Iron Maiden with the two tracks that you couldn't find somewhere because that was special. It was. It was. One of the last important things I actually want to talk about is you have a show on Saturday that I want people to check you guys out, man. Oh, thanks, man. Um, this Saturday, uh, May 29th, uh, it's a, a set of uh, deep cuts and songs we don't play or rarely played or never played at all. You know, it, we call it the Bastard Track Show, but we, we hardly say that because with a lot of social platforms, they'll flag your post oh, yeah. the word bastards in it. So we just say we're yeah. doing a show. We're doing a show with deep cuts and B-sides and songs we rarely, hardly, or never played. And um, we wanted to do something like that because, you know, we barely get to do these type of songs on tour because, you know, there's, you know, there's quite a few reasons. Like sometimes when you're on a support act, you only get like 45 minutes yep. and you want to play the best songs and try to represent the best songs from each album that people know, you know, and plus with a new album, you want to focus on, your new stuff. We're not that type of band that puts out a new album and plays one song. We want to play as much as we can. And the downside of that is all the other songs get, all right, we don't get to play one song from this album, one song from that album, you know? So, I mean, it was really cool to go to look back at some of these songs that we never hardly or rarely play. And it, it's, it was fun, you know, especially during the pandemic, we, we were able to get together and just, play songs like relearning them and go whoa this is a trip man this is actually a pretty cool tune and you know 
and it's inspiration to write the next record as well. It, it, it's awesome. I think it's a really great idea. And I, and I hope some of these ideas are, are carryovers once the world changes again and people are touring again in these little special events. You know what I'm saying? Because you're right. These are songs you can't normally play live. Or you got people that want to hear, you know, bored or they want to hear, yeah. which, are, which are fine. I mean, I, yeah. I like them too, but just so many good songs, you know, yeah. off yeah. the last couple albums that just shred, you know. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, doing this has been a challenge. It's been fun. It's been, you know, inspirational. It's also been good to reconnect with the band instead of just playing the same set, even though like, you know, always preparing for a tour, this is a set. Okay, cool, cool. Now just having a whole new different set is like, all right, this is fun. And also the show, we're also doing it different than a lot of streams that's been happening. Cause I've been watching a lot of streams out there from other bands and it's mm. great. I love them. And I show the support. You got to support bands or support the industry that you're in. Yeah. Um, it's more of a storytelling thing. Like we're going to play these songs and there's going to be interviews about the songs. There's stories behind them, you know, that people don't know about that we're talking about. And especially with the older songs and Mark and Rob talk about songs from back then, you'll hear some stories like, Oh, I didn't know about that. So we're trying to take love this, that. Yeah. We're trying to take this storyteller's vibe approach, but in our own way. You know what I'm saying? That's excellent. I mean, yeah. I expect it to be great because obviously the way you guys put out things like the documentary stuff, you guys have a, an eye for putting it out in a certain way you want it, whether, you know, what the yeah. intent was. Not only that, I mean, we put a, you know, it's, it's you know, I'll, I'll let it out there. We spent a lot of money on this, but I think it's going to be cool. We just wanted to uh, uh, not only do the songs, I think it's great, but give a good experience to people who come and watch it because you know watching a stream and watching a live show are two different things so if we're going to do a stream let's just put everything we have into it as much as we can and just make it as enjoyable and pleasurable as possible well it's also going to be your legacy yeah you're not just spending a lot of money you're actually investing in the name of your band exactly because there have been a couple of streams I too have listened to, and some of the streams, especially because you listen to them, depends on your media device. What's your earbuds or your headphones? I have some really expensive headphones I usually wear when I listen to stuff, or you're on a computer, or you're, you know. So some yeah. people put the time and the money into where your production sounds good, and some people it just sounds like you're in a tin can, no matter how yeah. you play it. Yeah, I, I, and, I get it. I get it. Some people want it the cost-effective way as possible. I get that, yeah. but with this one, it's just like it. Once it's like putting out a record. You got to put right. everything you can in record because once it's out, you can't take it back. It's in the history right. books. You get what I mean? It's in the heavy metal. Uh, yeah, metal. I, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. And I, I get that. And, and your band's got its own its own legacy on some level. If I may add, uh, Stefan yeah. Shira Shirazi interviewed us for this one. I don't know if you know who he is. He He's actually, um, he works with Metallica. He works for the Met Club. He's the one that interviews Metallica for the Met Club fanzine. The oh, very magazine. cool. And he used to be an editor for Kerrang, uh, Rip Magazine, Sounds out of England, all that stuff. Very well, very well-known journalist. And to capture that vibe, it's, it's pretty good. You know, I think everyone's going to be happy about it. So how can people see it? Where, when? Well, it's this Saturday, May 29th, 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard. But everything's on our website, www.deathangelus. All the ticket links, all the info, just go there. 
and we got some uh, special merch for the show. So oh, you do. Yes, yeah. yeah, so, you know, let's take a minute. Let's talk about the website too. Um, how's that? It's a good website, and some bands that websites are either. You see, I feel like it's, it's like it's all or nothing. It's like somebody take the way people take care of their, their yards or their lawns. They either they do it or they do a really good job. It's exciting that you got more merch coming. Yeah, for yeah, this too. Speaking about the website, you're going to have to give my wife credit for that. She built it. Oh, well, that could. That's <laughs> awesome. She did a good job, and that's the whole point. Is it is a good website, and Thanks. I noticed that. I, you know, I do pay attention to stuff like that. That you know, there's some websites, and you know, you do what you can with your resources. Some people don't have yeah. the money, or they're not the right people, and you just get something up there. And that's back in the days, just like you know, you make your own cassettes, and you're, you're you know, you're printing your own flyers. It's still the same thing. It doesn't yeah. take my, take away the music for me. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show. I know it's a short show, but I want to people go out and watch the show on Saturday, go to the website, get the merch, support the band. Hopefully they'll be playing soon. We hope. <laughs> hopefully maybe start working on an album. Yeah. But there's stuff, there's enough stuff out there right now that they've got that you can, you can go to and check out. And so let's start with the live stream. Cool, man. All right, man. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, man. Take it easy. All right, take care. Okay.